welcome on in to the mental health hour. Um, <clears throat> we have a very great show planned for this evening with an awesome guest, one of Gemini's good friends, and a good friend of most of you out there uh, mm -hmm. that watch the show. Gemma, how are you today? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. It's been busy leading up to Christmas, obviously, but not too bad, can't complain. Awesome, awesome. I got all the Christmas shopping done or still going? A couple of things to get, but um, mostly done, mostly wrapped, so we're all right. <laughs> right on. <clears throat> well, welcome on in to everybody as you trickle in and welcome to the replay viewers uh, as well. We are excited to have our good friend Brian on tonight. Um, and in talking with this guy, uh, he's got some great stories and some great, uh, we've had a lot of great conversations. Uh, hey, Lindsay, welcome in. Um, we're talking resiliency tonight. And um, resiliency is a, is a very great topic that I can't believe we haven't touched on yet. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll start tonight just uh, going over a little bit about resiliency and what it is, what it isn't, what it means to the three of us. Um, and then we'll get into some conversations with our good friend, Brian. Um, but without any further ado, I think we should bring on the guest of honor mm -hmm. and we'll welcome in Brian Ramirez to the show. Hello, Brian. How are you? Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for... Uh... Go ahead and welcome me, me on to the mental health hour over here. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Gemma. Awesome. It's great to have you along. Um, and you are officially our first guest on Twitch. So that's exciting. <laughs> that's exciting. That's awesome. Uh, hello, Hattie, Michael, Joseph Murray. Always a pleasure to see you guys in the comments. And thanks for stopping in. So resiliency. Um, I started mentioning a little bit uh, at the beginning that, you know, what it means to us and, and how uh, the conversations that we've had, you know, whether it be on a stream together uh, in the creative multiverse, uh, you know, just chilling or, you know, in the comments section while you're playing some guitar, um, we've had a lot of great mental health chats, for lack of better better terminology, uh, a lot about resiliency and how we move forward and how we adapt. And uh, so I just wanted to start, we'll go around, we'll start with Gemma. Uh, what does resiliency mean to you, Gemma? Um, I guess for me, like specifically coming to terms with stuff that's happened and adapting my life to either accommodate those things or to get over them somehow right, um, right. trying not to let the past influence the future and the present and trying not to constantly live in the past and be affected too much by what's happened absolutely mm -hmm. perfect and brian we'll throw it over to you now what is resiliency to you what is this this great word mean to Brian Ramirez? Well, uh, you know, I, I gotta say it's, uh, for me, it's very much that flexibility that Gemma was talking about too, the ability to kind of adapt and be flexible in certain situations that may demand you to, you know, have something, a way that you may not have necessarily thought that it would be or, um, you know, because life is always throwing those curveballs. So the, the ability to even just get back up, dust yourself off and say, hey, it got me, but mm. I got this and we're going to go at it again. Um, that to me is, is definitely what resilience has been in my life. Awesome. Right. And uh, I have to agree with the two of you. Uh, resiliency to me is just simply that, you know, falling off the horse, getting up, brushing yourself off and keeping on, keeping on. Um, certainly, we talked a lot about my substance abuse issue um, as an alcoholic. And that certainly batted me down to quite a low that I've never felt before. 
probably the lowest that I've ever felt before. That that feeling of helplessness and uh, unable to manage my own life is is just something that was really hard to come to terms with. It's basically saying that I can't do this by myself. I can't I can't be trusted to run my own life. I need help uh, from a higher power or a mentor, um, somebody that knows more than I do. And that's something that I think we all struggle with in, in some way or another is, is being able to uh, let everybody <clears throat> or let anybody else control what you do. Um, basically letting go of the steering wheel, moving to the passenger seat and letting someone else drive. Um, I know I, I personally like to drive <laughs> when, uh, when I'm in a vehicle. I'm not the best backseat rider, you know. <laughs> um, so it's it's stuff like that. Molly, welcome in. Good to see you. Um, so real quick, we'll just talk for a minute. Resiliency uh, def defined by psychologists um, as the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress, um, such as family relationships um, and problems. Uh, with like a significant other. Uh, serious health problems, workplace problems, financial stressors all play a part in it. And resiliency involves bouncing back from these difficult experiences, um, it, which can involve profound personal growth. That's a great uh, talking point there. Uh, Brian, how much in your life so far when you've felt that bouncing back you know that you've experienced some sort of trauma in one way or another that bounce back where does that hit for you on personal growth that's that's an amazing uh way to, to frame that and it's it's beautiful because that's really the biggest opportunity that we have is when we're at our darkest moments and facing adversity that we haven't faced before, that we realize that deep within us, there's, you know, there's that light that's still shining, something that's burning bright, that's pushing you, even when you might not think you have it in you. So at a, at a very, very young age, you know, you always look to um, your, your parents or your grandparents and the people that take care of you uh, to, to be that support network. And, uh, I, I'm very proud of that. I was, I was fortunate and blessed, you know, to have some, some, uh, grandparents that were immigrants that are self-taught. And, um, you know, I, I have my father who, uh, overcame so much adversity on his own, including my mother when they came out of living in the, uh, Smith housing projects in New York. And, you know, studying hard to uh, be uh, be providing a better life for what they thought they could have in the future, you know, mm -hmm. to escape that poverty and to have their own home. Um, so the, the first real um, uh, thing that happened to me is that knowing that I was uh, just six or seven and it was when my parents had finished closing on a house and uh everything was lining up to be that white picket fence just so picture perfect you know thinking wow a puerto rican like me coming out of newark and the smith projects may be having a chance you know with, with my mom and dad at, at this this home life this thing uh when suddenly they started having health issues and then came all of these emotional issues and it really i had to look um i had to take a look at my life through a very very different maybe even adult lens at that age to kind of uh, to kind of see, um, take inventory, you know, of what was happening to feel better sure. about myself. But I think what came out of that was a sense of independence, knowing that I played a role in the family too. And that just as much as I relied on my parents and my grandparents, that I saw that I meant so much to them and that they were also fighting for me. Wow. Yes. Very good. Um, this is a great start. Uh, I like mm -hmm. where this conversation is heading. Um, we did talk briefly 
prior to the show, and I kind of hope we can get a little bit deeper into that. If you know whatever you're comfortable with, as always, we welcome our guests in, and um, and are grateful for every guest we have that comes in and wants to share their experience, their strength, their hope um, with our audience members and the replay viewers. Uh, just as important, um, Gemma, did you have anything uh, to add in? Or a question for Brian as well. Um, not really questions because I know that when he's ready, he's gonna. Because, like you say, we spoke about it, so we know where it's gonna, like, head. Just when you're comfortable and stuff. But I, I can relate to the having to be quite independent from like a young age and stuff. Like, I certainly felt I had to grow up before my time certain things and was at some point effectively looking after my brother even though I was a child so yeah it's it really is trying to adapt to the hand you're given the hand you're dealt and trying to keep going and certainly for me I know quite a few times I've wanted to give up completely but knowing I've got the protective factor of my son. That's what keeps me going. Even on my darkest days when I've just been like, do you know what? I could quite easily give up on all this. Mm -hmm. I thought, do you know what? I can't because I have that protective factor when it comes to my son. So, yeah, I can, I can relate with that. Absolutely. It's so empowering, Gemma, and I, mm -hmm. I relate to that, especially being a parent myself. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think I had a concept of that until until that age that I had a role in the family, you know, mm -hmm. and it, um, as you guys had mentioned, you know, we, we did touch on this and to dive a little bit deeper, you know, all too often when you have health issues and it doesn't always have to be health issues with families. It could be a mixture of things. It could be financial issues that come about. And those things generally bring out more of the emotional issues either way. So you have confounding factors that were starting to build up in my parents' life at this point between mm -hmm. their, their monetary issues with the medical bills and uh, health issues that were taking place. Because mm -hmm. I woke up one morning and I remember, um, I remember my mother really, uh, she, she was such a strong person. She was always the kind of a person who would be dancing in the living room and then making her way, um, singing to a giant wooden spoon while she was cooking to <laughs> Mark Anthony or something, you know, and then, or Gloria Estefan. And then she was so out of it. Uh, I was expecting I had been asking my parents some time for, for a younger brother, for a sibling. And, and um, my mother was supposed to have um, uh, a little boy. And then my, my father and my mother discovered when she was in labor that unfortunately she had a rare blood disorder that they couldn't understand. It ended up being um, ITP, um, which evolves into lupus. And they didn't know it at the time because it was in the 80s, of course. And, mm. and they, they were doing everything that they could to save my mom and the unborn child. But uh, at one point they, they had to give my father a choice and and my father chose to save my mother's life because he couldn't imagine a world where i i grew up without my mom mm -hmm. and uh that day it, they came home and of course we were all heartbroken, but at the same time, we were also left with all of these questions, all this uncertainty. And that contributed to a lot of the stress and the emotional issues that they were facing. I'm sure um, all of our parents have really uh, great over the years. And we've looked at pictures of presidents from when they've been, you know, inaugurated to when they're out 
But mm-hmm. my father beat all those records in just one year going completely gray, you know, just completely gray. Um, <laughs> I know between that, <laughs> I can, I can, it's, it's debilitating because as much as I was seeing him and he was stressed and he was letting it affect his emotions and he was having outbursts of anger because he also grew up in an emotionally abusive and a physically abusive household. So it was difficult for him to control himself. And in those times, uh, you know, it, it, it got more trialing, but as quickly as it became scary, uh, we were all just as humbled because mm-hmm. he was followed up with another serious health uh, issue where he was diagnosed with cancer. And that cancer would render him sterile. And my mom being practically unable to have kids because of the ITP and it rendering her unable to stop bleeding, uh, there was no chance that I would have a sibling, really. Yeah. So so I thought here there's no way, no light at the end of the tunnel, you know, no, no way mm-hmm. to see any, any way out of this, not the life that I imagined, you know. Yeah. And I don't think it was the life that my parents had imagined either. You know, they were very, very much emotionally distraught and they were just trying to provide everything that they could for me at times, but they didn't know better. They really didn't know. And uh, once my father was was diagnosed with cancer, he had to undergo chemotherapy for a year. And here was this huge, like he was like a big, like a strong guy you know he's like mm-hmm. he was strong <laughs> he stood tall he he didn't let anyone mess with him and yeah he, he was kind of intimidating at home too so he crumbled he the chemotherapy the heavy metals they it affected the way that he that he could hold his food he went from this large man and he was skin and bone he lost his yeah. gray hair. Yeah, I remember when we talked earlier. You told me it was it, you watched the strongest guy you knew, um, like a superhero status, wither away, and I I too can uh, relate with that as I my father had was diagnosed with lung cancer and I just he was you know he was the first generation fireman in our family, firefighter, and everything I looked up to in my future as a firefighter and you know that superhero status um and you just yeah you watch them slowly just wither away and it's rough it really is thanks for thank you for you know really connecting with that being you know especially the strongest guy that you ever knew just Mm -hmm. um i'm not saying that our our fathers and our mothers do the best they can right like um you know for the most part you know all of our families We've had some some issues along the way. There's bumps in the road, um, but they're still our our mom and dad, and they're still the that superhero status, at least to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But continuing in on this, Brian, um, I'm, I wanted to touch on a few things. Uh, one, you know, it seems maybe uh, appropriate. It seemed really important for you to have a sibling growing up, uh, somebody to, is that somebody to just grow up uh, side by side with, or uh, just a friend? What, what was the drive that you, you seemed very passionate about it. Yeah, I, um, I did, I did. I, and I still am. And it, it's just so many crazy twists because I reflect on that a lot. And I, I grew up very, blessed to have two cousins named Annie and Eugene who are till this day, I'll say my older brother and sister, you know, but for all intents and purposes are not blood related. And we were distant, even though we only saw each other one day out of the week, I felt lonely a lot of the times. Um, I was also isolated because my father had tendencies that were in fact abusive, you know, isolating my mother from spending time with network of friends or inviting other kids over is also a part of uh, Hispanic culture, Mm -hmm. not having sleepovers, 
not um you know not doing anything unless it's more family oriented and since his family wasn't so family oriented it was uh, more of a practice for us to distance ourselves physically and and do that stuff but i i saw at the same token um how much they cared and they placed an emphasis on it too my parents they wanted someone to be there for me after they were gone they said you know someone else that you could complain to about us you know yeah. But at the same time, I said, no one else knows what I'm going through. Yeah. No one no one else could help me when I'm upset at night and I hear, like, you know, my parents arguing or when when I'm doing things, there's there's no one. I, I can't share those secrets. I can't I can't talk about what happens here. And I I was scared, you know, so. Yeah. I, I just I, I can't it's hard for me to talk about that next thing well uh, as always take a break take your time uh, this is um, a great conversation and Gemma and I are grateful mm-hmm. to have you here Gemma did you want to jump in for a minute or two and share anything um, no I just think you've been incredibly brave though Brian sharing this and I really appreciate you doing this there are parts of what you say that I can relate to um but all I can say is for you to have overcome what you shared here live and then some of the other things we spoke about and for you to still be able to get up every morning to do your job to look after your sons and you can see how much you idolize them your face lights up every time you mention them yeah. you to just do that that is incredibly brave Never doubt Thank yourself. You. I know it's hard, but well, you've come a long way. I I appreciate that, and and I think that our lives are always always kind of changing, and and we don't know who's going to be in our lives all the time. You know, we're blessed to have everybody, and oh. I express gratitude and thankfulness. And well, I I'm always thankful that I still have my parents in my life. Just to also mm-hmm. preface that moving forward, if anyone is listening and wondering if they're still alive. Yes, they're, they're still with us. And I'm, I'm absolutely thankful for them. I, uh, I will admit though, that that relationship is not, you know, always 110%, you know, everybody has their ups and downs and, and Tim is right. You know, they, they may not be perfect, but they are your parents. And, yeah, and we certainly, uh, will certainly always have a place in our heart that is there with, with an abundance of love for them and gratitude but my father my father showed me a lot of things the the tough way but he more Mm -hmm. than he taught me things the hard way i think it's what he put people and anyone anything through around him that taught me more about resilience that they they could survive whatever negativity he was dishing out that if he was physically or, or mentally abusive, that they would move past it, that it wouldn't get the Absolutely. best of them and that they would be better for it if they moved mm-hmm. on. Absolutely. And uh, it was really hard to let go of some important things in my life. You know, if mm-hmm. there were pets, if they were, if they were people that I would consider friends that I couldn't have over. And I, I couldn't fully accept myself and I still have trouble with that at times and the anxiety that I carry around and the stress because of me being so much like my father in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I begin to, to see and, and only gradually acknowledge, you know, how, how these things play a, a big impact on, on how uh, we see our life panning out in the future. And how we see, you know, what our expectations are with, with the relationships that we have. So through all those hardships, I I thought to myself, well, I don't want to be like that at all. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to pick myself and dust myself off from this, I learned I don't want to be financially dependent. You know, I don't want to I don't want to do this or that. I, I want to distance myself from this circumstance as much as possible as quickly as possible 
mm-hmm. so that I could I could establish my own life. And that's you know that's why unlike a lot of the people in in my generation over here in New Jersey who lived in their parents' basements for a long time, I started mm-hmm. playing guitar on the South Street Seaport, taking requests and covers on the boardwalk just to pay rent. And I lived mm-hmm. in the basement in Teaneck just to get out of there for a bit. So oh, in 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 comes the music. We all know Brian, uh, <laughs> master of the cover, uh, yes. cover requests on Haps Twitch YouTube. Um, his bio link is in the comments, um, and maybe Gemma can pop that in one more time. And uh, yeah. if you want to find anything Brian Ramirez related, uh, he does have a bio link as well. So. We'll pop that in the in the chat for you. He's he's gonna join the uh, the website as well, tmhhonline.com. Uh, I'll be putting him on there as one of our guests and anything promotional for him as well. Um, so uh, moving moving forward, um, you grab the guitar. Uh, you wanna you wanna tell us a little bit more about how music became so pivotal in your life as far as your resiliency path and bouncing back and, and dealing with traumas? Absolutely. It, it had several different chapters leading up to what I, I think would, would fit in a verse of a song I'd like to share with you guys. But Sure. You know, from when I was growing up, uh, my grandfather didn't know English. He didn't know guitar. He told me stories and he'd tell me all of this stuff about when he came to America he would learn English just by doing the crossword puzzles and by talking to people, reading as much as he could. And then he said, well, if I could learn this language, I could learn music. You know, I could, I could pick up the guitar. I could, I could do this. He was destined for it, he said, because his name uh, is Cancio. And uh, it was in Puerto Rico that they said, uh, you know, your son, this son is special. He's going to do something in his life with music mm-hmm. and that he can really touch people with his song. So you have to name him after music. And that was what the person said to my great grandfather. And he named him Cancio, which is short for Cancion, which is song in Spanish. So he, he imbued that in everyone's life, in my uncle and mine. And, you know, he taught me all of that, uh, um, influence of love of music first and just being able to enjoy it and and we you know when my grandmother was mad saying hi seven of the other and then he'd be like oh he just play a little louder and smile at me and and everything would be okay and i thought what a way to what a way to cope what a way to be mindful what a way to enjoy the moment you know um my uncle his son uh also had a guitar of course and he was he was going through uh, one of those those again those pivotal times where it really tests you and pushes you to be growing and enter this phase of, of learning and before he moved from new york to colorado he would always uh play the guitar for me and he would come about uh, doing the things that I see some other people do on here that I try to do sometimes or uh, just saying, yeah, you know what, give me a sentence, tell me, tell me a topic or give me a word, you know, and I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll play that song. So <laughs> I would just go ahead and, and um, name anything, like anything that I saw and he would be able to make my day just doing that. And I thought to myself, you know, that's amazing how much he could affect me and regardless of how I felt if I didn't think that I wanted to go home on a certain day, if I wanted to get my mind off the fact that I, you know, I just lost the chance of having a little brother or something like that, then, then, you know, music was there. Then, uh, it, I remember my great grandmother, she was 104 passed away in Puerto Rico when I came back from seeing a Broadway musical with my parents and they, played memories by cats mm-hmm. and i thought to myself like wow the the pain in that song the the way that the singer was able to express this anguish that i i wasn't able to articulate into words even to my parents 
but they captured that emotion in, in just the tone of their voice. I, I knew at that moment for the rest of my life that what I wanted to do and, and how it spoke to me. And I started bawling. I just started crying in the car. Mm. And I think the only other people that could understand me were, were my mom, my dad, my uncle, and my grandfather because they got, they got music. They, they valued that in my life. And, uh, and that, that, that was how I was introduced, you know? Mm -hmm. um, awesome. But, uh, yeah, the, the way it devolved, the way it developed, um, when I was coming of age, there was a lot more involved for sure. <laughs> there was a, there was a balance of things that were more healthy and things that were less healthy. And I think the, the healthiest parts came from the catharsis and the ability to just give up and relinquish some of the negative things in your life or maybe learn from them and write them down and share them so that you mm -hmm. could you could have that experience with others and, and some of the other things you know <laughs> definitely takes you down a rabbit hole because music has its mm -hmm. other habits so i think it's a, a a huge part of most all of our mental health music is and uh, actually, I think I saw Lucia is going to do a, a mental health broadcast tomorrow with Chris Gales about music as therapy. And um, we had you on, or I had you on one of my streams earlier to talk just that, how music is a therapy to you. Um, and art, um, we had some great artists on. All of you guys did a great job, and I appreciate it. Um, Gemma, mm. uh, she was in the DJ life, um, you know. We all express ourselves through music in some way, shape, or form and can identify with a lot of songs. Gemma, how, how has music been for you? Um, it's huge, to be honest, because sometimes when I get myself that worked up or that depressed, just listening to music really does help. And it wouldn't be the first time I'd put like my AirPods in and something and nearly fried my brain having it so loud. <laughs> It's just a way of, like, I don't know, like, depending on the mood, it often defines what I listen to. I've got a very varied taste in music. Yeah. And sometimes just uh, frying my brain with some music, um, it just helps to calm me down, things like that. And um, it's something that's always been in my life, and I've got playlists and things that, I have that are specifically for that like songs that have got meanings to me because there's certain songs that I can relate to the lyrics and things yeah. and they've got such deep meaning for me as well and I don't know it's really helped and there's often where like it literally happened a couple of weeks ago where I had to leave the house because I was just getting so fed up and I just put my earphones in and went for a walk and I ended up walking for miles, just listening to my music. And that was another way in which I coped with the self-harm side mm -hmm. rather than, like, harming myself. Sure. Just try a few brain cells with the loud music and just walk and stuff, you know? So it definitely helps. It's just such a great way to express all of uh, everybody, uh, mm -hmm. I think. You know, can can relate with this. My I myself, uh, you know, I'm I'm a drummer at heart. Uh, I've always played the drums. Mm -hmm. There's not a, a lot of ways to express yourself through music on the drums. I mean, sure, you can go down there and beat mm -hmm. the hell out of them, but yeah, as far as like playing a beautiful song, it's you're, it's a percussion instrument. It's the it's the heartbeat of a song, basically. So. Um, yeah. I, I didn't realize that when I wanted to be a drummer and I was seven years old and I was talking about it, I did, I still, I guess, thought that you could like play a song like on the piano, just on the drums. Um, but I use uh, music to, I, I find myself explaining myself through other songs, you know, like when right. my mom would ask, what is wrong? You know, and I'd just be like, here, listen to this song. This says everything, <laughs> you know? Um, yes, but it's, absolutely. it's a, a great thing that you can write down uh, originals and, and, and express yourself through that. Um, it's amazing. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Hey. 
I absolutely feel what you guys are saying and I'm interested and, and thank you everybody in the chat and hello, even though I haven't said hi, I appreciate everyone tuning in, but I, I'd like to know and just to throw the question out there to you guys and everyone in the chat, I, I really wonder how music affects you in those ways, but also sometimes, you know, there's songs, especially around this time of year that trigger me that are absolutely different or like, you know, get me into different memories or remind me of certain things. So um, I'm going to go back to that before the end of this, uh, because that's uh, with regards to some of the quotation that I've shared with you, Tim sure. and Gemma. Uh, I think that it feeds a lot into that quote, but I'd really like to know how people feel about that, because just as much as music could be selected, that mood, that groove that we're into, it's also a big part of um, it, what stimulates us, what turns something on and off, what reminds us of a distant memory at times. Mm-hmm. but yeah i i did um i did use that as a i, I can't think of the word i guess an instrument to grief like mm-hmm. literally and i remember um writing a couple of very downtrodden hopeless songs about my father but then i decided to write in spanish and if it was all right with you guys, I'd like to share just the first verse yeah. of that song Absolutely. with you guys. Um, thank you. And it's a, it's a song that's pretty straightforward. It's called uh, Soñador, and that means dreamer, because my father always used to say, you know, he's a dreamer. And um, yeah. Yeah, we'd love that. It for him. We'd love to hear it, ladies and gentlemen, on the Mental Health Hour, a little music for us. Brian, take it away. Thank you. Yo sueño frago en este mundo pero mis momentos y recuerdos en mi vida fueron profundos y mis sueños eran sinceros para criar los buenos hijos sustentar amor con mi preciosa eso es la vida de mi padre y los deseos De la boca. So this is a song <laughs> that I wrote about my father. Um, that was the end of the first verse. Sorry for um, um, not being able to explain that as, uh, like, as I could in English as well as I'll try to now. But uh, okay. it's about um, you know feeling shipwrecked in this world, essentially. Uh, uh, remembering still that you have these moments, secrets, and dreams that you want to hold on to, mm-hmm. um, and that they're sincere, uh, and that in his life, the most treasured things for him are to just get by by trying to raise two sons and sustain mm-hmm. the love that you have. And I said that was the wishes of my father. And I, I elaborated on it. Um, throughout the rest of the song talking about how he tries to balance the flame of his emotions with you know with everything else that's dousing his life and uh, in a way you know with himself playing with his health playing with anger Mm -hmm. and still struggling and still fighting back to be the calm person that he is today to be the person that he is healthier today and uh and That's my awesome. mom as well, you know, to, to have real. overcome a lot of those things. It it shows me that uh, I was grieving at that point. It was okay for me to not be angry and write these angry teenage angst songs against my father anymore. Sure. That it was sure. okay to be sad about what happened, but to let go of it and to say, um, to acknowledge that there was hope, um, that there was that there was a way maybe that there was a different future that I imagined because life isn't going to be perfect or how we always expect it. 
but when you have the ability to, you know, see things with elasticity, with that flexibility that we were talking about, uh, you could really reframe life to be able to enjoy it so much more, to live in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like Gemma was saying, not being stuck mm-hmm. in the past, which is so toxic at times. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's it definitely sounds like, um, you know, as I was saying with, with my own father, like, yeah, there was some, some bumps in the road. Um, and uh, Hattie was nice enough to share a comment earlier about her, her father uh, and the temper. Um, yeah, my old man had a temper too sometimes. And um, mm. I think, I feel like, you know, you know, we could all kind of sit and share uh, stories about that. Uh, but we, we know exactly what our parents are and, and how important they are in our lives, as you were saying. And um, thank you for playing the uh, song. That was awesome. Um, I did want to take a quick moment to welcome everybody that's popping in. Um, Vegan Doe, welcome on in. Uh, TJ, we've, we've shared pleasantries. Um, I saw somebody else slip in. Tracy and Danny Bruno's here. Um, it's great to have everybody here. This is uh, the Mental Health Hour on Twitch with Brian Ramirez. We're talking resiliency this evening. Um, and as Brian stated, if you want to share anything in the chat about your resiliency or what that means to you and how you use music um, in your life to, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a, as a tool in your toolbox, uh, basically. Um, but we are at the 42 minute mark, Brian, um, got about 20 minutes. We can, uh, if you would like to continue on your story, um, that's more than fine. Um, or I have a couple of questions, whichever you feel comfortable with, uh, please, this is your, our show here. And which direction would you like to go? I appreciate it. Um, that I, I'd be happy to, um, just tie up the end of my story quickly uh, sure. with maybe, you know, cause there's no real ends to a story, but you know, just a, a note to, to leave people with. And, and then absolutely uh, I love to hear your questions because we could just go all night. I know we have awesome <laughs> dialogue and, and anybody else in the chat, of course. So, yeah. Um, but just to, um, just to leave off from, from that experience, it's, that I, that I shared regarding my father and, and the song and healing and, mm-hmm. and being mindful. I think it's important for us to be on a continual journey of growth and, and that it's not over with just forgiving one person or ourselves or, or uh, an experience. It's just the constant way for us to constantly acknowledge ourselves and the growth and the changes within us so that we could continue to love ourselves and others in different ways and we could appreciate life a lot more profoundly. And mm-hmm. for me, I, I am grieving because of my separation and, and my, my uh, recent divorce. And that's a very, very difficult thing for me to cope with because specifically it's a life that I once had and I once thought I would live that I no longer will have. And that's, that's so painful. I'm, I'm, they, that part died, you know, uh, at least in, in the way that I thought it would live. Um, and a song that I remember um, singing to my wife with my uncle on the day of my wedding uh, was I Won't Give Up by Jason Mraz. That's a great song. And in that song, it talks about the profound love that he has for the person and how when he looks into their eyes, he sees such unimaginable depth. And I let go of a lot of that um, through my own journey uh, and the journey of discovering myself. But there was one part that I didn't want to let go of. Mm-hmm. And It was my sons, obviously. I, I love them with every beat of my heart. And that, it still had so much meaning to me, that, um, that song. And I, 
realized after therapy that I had gotten knocked down pretty hard. I didn't think I would recover for a while financially or, you know, that I thought I'd be uh, just going down the rabbit hole with further bad habits. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I didn't. I wouldn't. Because I chose resilience. And I refused to give up. Just like Gemma said, when you when you have your kids, that's just a miracle. Mm. And I didn't get to touch on the fact that I have a younger brother, and he is a miracle, you know. And to share the lyrics that mean the most to me now, instead of where I would have dedicated them to who's now my ex-wife, I understand that these have such, such more profound, deep meaning for my son. Because even after you could give up on a marriage and you could give up on certain parts of your life, um, you don't have to give up on yourself and you don't have to give up on the people and the things that matter the most to you. Because you, just like I learned at the age of six when I was powerless, and just like I'm learning again now at 36, you matter to people. Mm -hmm. And the lyrics are, I don't want to be someone who walks away so easily. I'm here to stay and make a difference that I could make. Because our differences, they do a lot to teach us how to use the tools and gifts that we've got. Yeah, we got a lot at stake. And in the end, you're still my friend. At least we did intend for us to work. We didn't break, we didn't burn, we had to learn how to bend without the world caving in and had to learn what I've got, what I'm not, and who I am. I won't give up on us. Beautiful. The great Jason Mraz. Um, Just some amazing words there. Uh, Music is poetry. it is, and it's an art form all in itself, um, especially from someone like Jason Mraz that knows how to write some uh, some key lyrics like that that just hit home, and that's what that's what allows us to interpret our feelings to others. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying earlier, how I used uh, use this to like, here, mom, this is how I'm feeling, or here, wife, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Uh, very good, very perfect, and uh, thanks for sharing that along with us. Thank um, you. Appreciate that, Tim. So, one thing I wanted to touch on uh, about resiliency, um, and Craig, good day, uh, Lucia, welcome in. Hey, um, Lucia, I saw that cabeza rodilla. <laughs> love that. Um, by the way, folks, uh, Lucia will be doing a broadcast on HAPS tomorrow with Chris Gales at, uh, I believe it's 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and we'll be doing a rebroadcast of this on HAPS tomorrow as well. Gemma and I will be in the audience if you want to pop by and say hello. But definitely, uh, if Lucia is live with Chris Gales, uh, stop by and, and show some love there as well. Uh, looks like it's going to be a great episode and i'm always looking forward to to those um so i i, I wrote down two things uh, as you were going through and we have about 10 15 minutes um mm-hmm. we talked about it before um but, uh the parenting from how you were past parent i've been reading a great book i passed it along to you and uh in that in that book, there was a something that really made me think. Stop and think. Um, so when we're when we're looking at these these problems and traumatic events from the past, like you were talking about, um, your mom coming down with lupus and and not being able to conceive, um, but then she did, uh, and and you do have a sibling now. Uh, but more along the lines of when your dad had to make that make that choice between mom or baby, mm-hmm. uh, or when your dad came down with a cancer diagnosis of his own, uh, did 
did you find at any point, or maybe you still are when in the grieving process or, or what have you, that you've held or harbored resentment towards them, um, maybe for making that decision um, or for, for getting cancer. Uh, just to elaborate a little bit on this question, uh, the book I'm referring to is Recovery by Russell Brand. And he went over a, <clears throat> one of his inventory items for himself. And one of the resentments that he had to overcome was when he was seven years old, his mom was diagnosed with cancer. And he didn't realize he was carrying that around for so long. So if you understand what I'm getting at, the, the resiliency is moving forward from these obstacles. But are we, are we doing ourselves any good moving forward and bouncing back if we're still harboring resentment? Um, do you have any, anything to uh, add in on that at, at all? That's a, such an intelligent and thoughtful question. I could tell that you've certainly um, you know, had therapeutic insight when you ask something like that. Because I think only when I began going to therapy myself was I able to admit that I did have resentment and acknowledge that. So, you know, sharing that that book with me was especially meaningful because it there's a lot of puzzle pieces that are on my board already, you know, allowing me to see some things or at least how they're framed out. But when you put a bunch more on there, I'm like, hey, this is this is making sense. This yeah. is how it connects and and for sure, um I may resent um at times and have discussions with my parents certain aspects still like, you know, mom, why did you why did you stay during this? If I was going through this, if you were being treated this way, um, what what was the um, mental schematic that you were experiencing? How were you balancing these things, and uh, how are you justifying them emotionally, you know, or or monetarily, maybe even, or or just to survive, you know, with all the social constructs that existed between thirty five years ago, you know, it was a yeah. completely different world, and uh, I I absolutely think a sense of compassion and empathy are the only kind of ingredients that I could move forward in a conversation that I could have with my parents to, to have like a healing kind of a sense. But I, I can't, I'm a human being mm -hmm. and I can't approach every conversation like that still till this day, to be honest, and neither can they, because though I, I'd like to think of myself as mindful and, and of them as mature adults, we both have our instances where we're more reactionary, so. Mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. And Gemma, how about yourself? Are you, are you finding any points in, in time that you're still feeling or harboring a resentment from the past that you just can't get over? But there, I'm going somewhere with this. So. Oh yeah, for definite. Um, I think the biggest thing that I'm like, the, well, there's two of the biggest things that I am harboring like that because. I know we've all said about having parents, like, it's no secret that I had abuse coming growing up. And I resent that happening. Um, not because, like, my brother, that he never laid a finger on my brother or anything. It does, it's always to this day made me think, why me? And for the longest time, my, um, my dad would never admit that it had happened. He would, at, at best, he'd say, well, you deserved it. And the hardest thing for me now to come to terms with is the fact that my dad's got dementia. Mm -hmm. And he says he can't remember half of it. And I, I kind of, this is going to sound really horrible, I think, but I kind of resent that because he doesn't remember it he in his mind has a clear conscience where I still to this day remember it I remember it happening and I am very much aware of that happening and it impacting and influencing the way I am as a parent today and then the other one is for my ex the one who is the father of my child mm -hmm. And this, again, it might sound horrible and it's not meant to, but I resent the fact that he got to walk away and live his life with no 
not a care in the world. He gets if he wants to go out, he can go out. If he wants to go with friends, he can go with friends. He can do his job. He can live his life, even though he has two children, one to me and then one to another lady. Um, his other son's considerably older now. Yeah, I'm the one that had to stay in hospital with him for two months when he was diagnosed. I'm the one that has to pick him up when he falls, wipe away his tears, wash him up overnight when he's poorly. And I don't get a break from that. So I very much resent that. But at the same time, I wouldn't change my son for the world. Mm -hmm. And as much as I think to myself a lot of the time, you know what? I wish, like, if, if I'd have known what I know now about him, then things would have been different. But then would it have been different? Would I have had my son? Mm -hmm. And if I had have had him, if I had have had a son, but it was with someone different, he wouldn't be the child he is today. Right. So as much as I resent that, I'm also grateful for having that. And in a weird way, despite what I went through with him, I still love him in the way of he gave me a child. I am sure. in with him. Absolutely. But I love him for what he gave me, even though he got to walk away and live his life as if he didn't have kids, basically. Yeah. All his social life and everything is intact. So I, I do resent that. And Yeah. And the reason yeah. I ask is uh and thank you, Gemma, um, mm -hmm. for for chiming in with, with that uh share as well. The reason I asked that whole resentment question not to bring a damper onto the situation um mm -hmm. but it in reading that book and and the, that part in particular it brought to light the the program that i work um is uh, realizing these resentments is the backbone of mm -hmm. a strong mental health and and what to do with these resentments and how to move forward from them because we can be resilient Certainly, uh, we can bounce back from some tragedy or trauma. Um, whether we handle it appropriately isn't always the, the best case scenario, but um, we can bounce back for sure. But then how good are we from bouncing back and remaining resilient if we harbor a grudge or a resentment? So really realizing these resentments and doing something about them as well, just build that re uh, resiliency stronger and we bounce back better. Does that make sense, Brian? That's beautifully put. I think that that's right back to how you began it, to bring it full circle with growth and really, you know, challenging yourself to get to, even in those darkest times, for them not to be a blemish on your soul, but to, to remind you about how much you could continue to bring light to you and to, to be that light in situation. Um, and it, I, I think you're so honest about it being a struggle. So thank you too for, for sharing that. And also Gemma for sharing your, your vulnerability and your experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, well, that has actually brought us to one hour. Um, so we're going to uh, thank you again, Brian. We're going to start wrapping things up, do a little promotional stuff. Um, but first and foremost, thank you, Brian, for coming on tonight and sharing with us. We'd love to have you back anytime if you want to continue this conversation. Thank you. Thanks. I, I love it. I love our conversations. So yeah, um, all ears. Yes. Um, I feel like there's a few guests uh, that we've had that we can have right back at any time and pick up right where we left off. And this mm -hmm. might be a two-part episode because resiliency does cover a lot in, in mental health. Um, and hello, uh, Beardo and Weirdo in the house. Piano Man and Blaine. I believe we have a Beardo Weirdo tonight. It is Tuesday, uh, tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. So if that's the case, make sure we all tune in for the BWN. Um, and uh, as always, uh, we didn't get to see Ella, but she uh, <clears throat> messaged me earlier saying she's been so busy doing Santa's workshop for the bunny shop. Um, she has taken a much needed rest tonight, but mm -hmm. www.mybunnyvalentine.com. Use the uh, the promo code FIREDUDE15 
and get 15% off. I believe there's a holiday one too right now, but I'm not sure what it is. Um, holiday rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, did you have anything um, to add or uh, when are you streaming next? Um, we can, where can folks find you? That kind of stuff. I know. Um, I know that, you know, I, got to thank Gemma again for putting that bio link together so you know mm -hmm. I'm on practically every social media platform here loving what's going on with Twitch <laughs> so I uh, you know I'll be absolutely tuning in to the mental health hour in the audience if you don't see me up here on that big screen at, at another later point in time uh, but I uh, if I don't go on randomly between your casts uh, just keep an eye out for me yeah no so uh thank you again for the wonderful opportunity and uh i love you guys thanks for tuning yeah, in absolutely everybody. and you're not out of here just yet because i usually make our guests um tell give us one piece of uh advice um about the show topic resiliency was uh what we discussed tonight and do you have anything any parting words for for the audience for the replay viewers somebody that's going to tune in that might really take something from this um you know, might be yes. looking for for some kind of guidance in some way. Where where can you leave them with? If you're dreading a decision, if you think you can't do it, whether it's college, escaping a bad relationship, or something, mm -hmm. you could do it. You're resilient. Give yourself the credit and take the leap. Because if you don't do it now, it's going to be done for you at a time that is never going to be convenient anyway. So believe in yourself. You can overcome anything. You can, but you have to do <laughs> your best. That's it. You do you. you. You do it the way that you were intended to. Um, I, I appreciate um, everybody. If you could take that to heart, um, especially with, especially with trying harder for your kids, Bel yeah. believe in them. Whether it's a job that you want, go for it. Don't start tomorrow. You know. Perfect. Perfect. Beautiful. Thank you, Brian, again for coming on. And we'll have Brian will be around for uh, questions and, and anything you guys. I, I know Brian would be probably more than happy to answer anything if you want to reach out to him with his bio link. Uh, Gemma, anything uh, on the way out the door? Um, just kind of the same lines. Um, grab what you want for your life now, mm -hmm. because if you don't, and you just let life sail by, you'll only regret it later. And honestly, with the things, looking back now, if somebody had told me years back that I would have overcome what I have done, I wouldn't have believed them. So sometimes you don't know your own strength until strength is all you've got to have to give. So never give up. And there is absolutely no shame in reaching out for help at all. Because as I've said to many people, a problem shared is a problem halved. Let somebody, if somebody wants to help you through something, let them. Because there's like, I, I find it helps me helping other people. Mm -hmm. and 100%. I do what I do. I, you know, don't, don't wait until... You think if it's not the right time, do it. Do it now. Act on it now yep. because tomorrow isn't promised. Perfect. Well said. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. Uh, well, thanks again for uh, all the people that tuned in live. Thanks for the subs. Thanks for the bits. Thanks for the cheers. Thanks mm -hmm. for the emotes um, and all the new crazy Twitter or Twitter Twitch stuff that we're learning. Um, like I said, we will rebroadcast this in the normal time slot for the Mental Health Hour tomorrow on HAPS. Gemini should be there. Drop by Lucia's uh, broadcast as well tomorrow, 6 p.m. with Chris Gales. Music is therapy. Um, and, oh, Catalyst tonight with Jim in Chicagoland. Uh, a show favorite here at the Mental Health Hour, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern time. Um Great show, great program that he puts on for us every Wednesday. So, oh, wait, it's not Wednesday. <laughs> Catalyst is tomorrow <laughs> night. So, Catalyst tomorrow night at 11. We got Beardo and Weirdo tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. 
At the end so, of the day, you're restreaming this on Haps, so that will fit in. It'll fit in just great. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Um, so we will go ahead and get on out of here. Um, mm -hmm. Nobody to raid right now, but that's okay. All right, everybody, on behalf of Gemma and I, uh, we hope you guys have a, a wonderful Christmas. Um, yeah. We will see everybody in the Discord, and we'll see you all around the platforms. Um, and thanks mm -hmm. again, Brian. Hope you have a Merry Christmas as well. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New yeah, Year. Yeah, Merry Christmas. All righty. We'll see you guys next week. Bye yep. now. Thank you.